Good morning, listeners. Welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, and calling in the morning after a fun Halloween party is my good friend Patrick Anderson. How are you? Happy Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween. Yep. Probably <laughs> November 2nd. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, we're officially past Halloween. It's a shame. I think I uh, I came to the conclusion that Halloween is my favorite holiday recently. Um, nice. Yeah, I I don't know. I like dressing up. I like staying in character while I wear a costume. <laughs> it's like performative art in a way. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a it's fun starting time. To, it's starting to edge out Christmas for me these days too. Yeah, I mean, I I love seeing family and all that. Don't get me wrong, but there's something about just like, you know, Halloween is very like low stress with friends and everybody's dressed up, having a good time. So. I don't know. Uh, yeah, they're I all like great. The horror movie aspect of the month of October too. That too, I think that's a big part of it too. Is I'm just falls like my favorite season, um, and like winter's great, but like sometimes it's too cold, and sometimes Christmas mm-hmm. is like way too cold for me. So, um, I don't know. So that's our that's our holiday takes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unexpected, but there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. So, um, I'm going to, I think I'm going to really enjoy this podcast, Patrick, because, um, you know, this is our third kind of grouped podcast that we've been doing where we just kind of pick a sampling of four albums and talk about them. And Mm -hmm. I've enjoyed doing this in the recent past, but, um, with each of the past two, you know, there were a couple of albums I figured I was going to like, and a couple albums I figured I wasn't going to like all that much. It's kind of more of a mixed bag. This time, the four artists we're talking about are all, like, very good artists. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could tell me that, like, any of these four albums was your favorite, and I would, like, totally buy it, no questions asked. Um, four albums that have been getting great reviews from four artists that are consistently, critically adored. Um, I have a prediction as to which one of these four is going to be your favorite. But uh, I guess we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, but mm-hmm. man, just okay. just a great, you know, no artist that I was, uh, you know, I was looking forward to hearing all of these albums prior to this episode, uh, which I yeah. couldn't say yeah, in the past. Here. Yeah. So, yeah, we're talking about the latest records from, let's see, how did I order these? I think I accidentally ordered these by artist, uh, Angel Olsen. Big Thief, Danny Brown, and Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Uh, those are the four nice. artists we're talking about today. Um, did you want to start with any particular one? Did anyone jump out at you at like, oh, we should talk about this one right off the bat? Um, I mean, we could talk. The, the, what I thought is we could talk about Big Thief first, since it's the uh, we've talked about them already. Yeah. Um, we could uh, we could just mention this because it's their second album. So yeah, I, I like that idea. Uh, Big Thief. Yeah, this is their second album this year. Um, we haven't mm-hmm. gone too in depth on UFOF, but we have kind of touched on it here and there. Um, this one is titled Two Hands. <laughs> uh, Big Thief is an indie folk band, I suppose, from Brooklyn, uh, fronted by Adrian Lenker. Uh, who's one of the most celebrated artists in the genre right now. 
uh, Two Hands is the band's fourth studio album. And as you alluded to, this is their second album this year, I believe within the past like five or six months. Um, and on one hand, you kind of worry about oversaturation with that. But according to the critics, at least, like they haven't lost a step. There's no oversaturation here. Both of these albums are critically acclaimed. Uh, Two Hands currently has a Metacritic of 86 out of 100. Uh, P- Pitchfork Big Thiefdom by giving a 9 out of 10. Uh, <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. We, <laughs> big Thief got Big Thief. Yeah, we made the joke of last time about any artist who gets a 9 out of 10 or higher from Pitchfork. That's Big Thiefing them. Well, Big Thief got Big Thiefed for the second time this year. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, their album from earlier this year uh, has a Metacritic of 87, so really neck and neck, um, suggesting that the band is on quite the hot streak right now. We've talked about them a little bit, but not not too extensively. So, like, how do you feel about Big Thief in general, and uh, what are your thoughts on this new one, Two Hands? Uh, well, this is my introduction to them. I mean, this year. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, with, with, with UFOF. Oh, right. Same here. Um yeah, sorry, not not with not with two hands. UFOF was my introduction to him. Um, I mean, you alluded to this point that I thought was pretty good. Well, you you were you were talking about um, how it didn't impact as much as you thought it would, like UFOF at least mm-hmm. um, didn't impact you as much as you thought it would, and. Um, you made some pretty good points because we briefly brought it up, I think, in like a recommendation spot or something, and it was in mine. Um, mm-hmm. That's fallen for me. Like that album has fallen for me since then. So you gotta give me credit for like oh. I think that um, I think that you were you were pretty spot on with um, your analysis of it because it's it, I I I have I did really like it. Um, at first and now it's like I, I think that it's just like the style and the uh the you know the choices made are not as impressive anymore as i thought they were like offhand like right at the beginning mm. um which is so surprising i thought it would grow on me a little bit but it hasn't really grown on me as much as i thought it would um that being said though th- this one is interesting because you know, UFOF is so minimal and like kind of mm-hmm. bleak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do still like it. I do still like it quite a bit. This one is interesting because it's a little more like it still has some some sort of minimalism to it, but it's a little more just like accessible and poppy um, than UFOF, I would say. Um, and I like that. I like that about it. I, I don't I don't think I it, it's hard to compare them, honestly, because um because of like the 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 differences there so i think i don't know if i like it as much i think i um appreciate the style of it though it's uh it it, it was very like a, a a very nice like comforting kind of like re-entering into big thief this year i think they did a good job with that at least mm-hmm. even if i'm not like as huge on this album as you know big thiefing them would suggest <laughs> right no i think i i think i agree with your assessment overall um ufof you know i didn't hate it i thought it was fine i think my biggest takeaway was just i don't get 
the immense hype around Big Thief. Um, and that's... Yeah, I think... Yeah. I think I'm starting to see more of that uh, side, too. I think I agree with you on that, where it's like people, you know, praise them as a, you know, 9.0 kind of band. And mm-hmm. it's like, like, uh, I mean they're good like <laughs> like that kind of, that's how i feel yeah right it, but the thing is i guess this time i much prefer two hands to ufof i think uh oh i, I think um you made a good point about it it's more i guess kind of direct and accessible or at least for someone like me um the instrumentation this time i thought was more demanding and grabbing entrancing all of that um it wasn't as just kind of breezy and easygoing this time around. Um, a lot of the guitar work on this album really impressed me. Uh, especially, I guess, like the solo on Not was incredible. Mm. Um, the riff mm-hmm. on Shoulders was really good. Uh, there's some like arpeggios on the title track that I thought were pretty impressive. So the instrumentals really grabbed me, I think, this time. And of course, you know, Adrian Lenker's voice can be off-putting to people i think it's a very quiet folky kind of a wispy whimsical type of voice mm-hmm. um it's not the most straightforward folky voice out there and it's not particularly you know she strains a little bit going for high notes um but it does have a lot of character to it and i do like her voice overall but i can see why that might turn off some people um Mm-hmm. I guess this time I'm slowly starting to understand why people love Big Thief so much. I, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm closer to understanding it now than I was after UFOF. Um, and I, I'm glad to hear that because my expectation for this album wasn't to like it more than an album that came out five months ago i thought maybe this would be a bunch of b-sides um but i'm actually really impressed with the quality on this album in such a short time frame yeah they turned around with an album that's pretty distinctively uh separate from mm-hmm. like even though it's a sister album i guess to ufof yeah i, I could it's pretty that's, different yeah yeah i could see that like a sister sister project um it, now i'm not too familiar with big thief but from what I've been hearing, this is closer to how they've sounded in the past. Uh, whereas like UFOF was more of a departure from their usual sound. Um, so now I'm a little interested in kind of revisiting some of their earlier work. They're still a new band. Like this is their fourth album. It's not like they have an extensive discography or anything. Um, but I'm kind of hoping by the time they release you know, the next album or, you know, as I continue to listen to this one, I'll slowly but surely gain the appreciation for Big Thief that everyone else seems to have. I hope that's the case. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you like this one a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, I don't want to overstate. I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say, I think that I, I still prefer UFO to this. Mm, okay. Um, just because like, uh, you know, just because, um, I, I think I appreciate the style used on UFO map, sorry, UFO <laughs> God, it's such a, it's a cumbersome album name to, to talk about. <laughs> Do you know what it stands for? 
Uh, no, actually, I don't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll look it up while you talk. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to follow up with, like, what it actually Oh, no, th- this isn't a quiz. This is me actually curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I don't know what it stands for. Um, anyway, um, but I, I do like the, the style. I, I like the style used on UFO F a little bit more than this. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's not to take away from this. Like if I like it more, it's really like, not like a crazy amount. It's just, uh, it's just slightly. Um, but I like, I like what you were talking about with the tracks, like not shoulders and the title track and the intro track too, I thought was really good. And, um, mm-hmm. the, the thing that's like impressive about these two albums, um, is the like very very small amount of filler that's on yes either of them like i've i think that was what was so impressive to me about ufof at first it was like you know now like i think that i've kind of been like you know downgraded from my original thoughts a little bit but it but it's hard to like it's hard to criticize too much because every track has its place and you can tell it's a very well constructed album, even if like the style doesn't land, um, you know, as impactfully as you think it might at first. It's like, there's still like, it's, it's very intentional. Everything on this album is. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a great amount of musicianship with this band that even if it isn't your cup of tea, you know, you, you kind of have to stand back and just appreciate what they're doing. Um, so, yeah. So I think I appreciate some of their work more than I do like it. Uh, I agree on yeah, a... yeah uh, on the the lack of filler point. I I, I agree with you there. Um, I think though sometimes like the songs are a little too minimal for me, and then at that point, um, they just kind of go in one ear and out the other. Uh, there's a couple of tracks here like that. But in general, like mm-hmm. most of these songs, I think, are at least good. Not a ton of songs that I'm head over heels about, but it is generally a pretty consistent album. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I, I generally like this album more than I don't, but that isn't to say that it's like flawless or anything like that. There's still some slight yeah. missteps here. Yeah, I think I think that was the thing, too. It's like everything feels very intentional and well constructed but um but it's like the overall impact that i get from this album is it's pretty minimal so like i appreciate this for like obviously like a lot of hard work and you know intelligent design to the album but it's like the impact that it leaves afterwards for me personally is just kind of like average so it's Mm -hmm. this is a hard one it it, this has been they've been kind of an interesting hard band to really like critically assess because their lyrics are great instrumentals are for the most part really good to great mm-hmm. um and like i said it's you know the album construction is like it's good i mean there's not really any track here that i'm like oh that's a, a garbage track or anything like that like something easy to just call out so right. it's you know it, I, I it's actually... good they, they keep me thinking yeah, and I'm glad you kind of brought up the album structure because I do like that about this record where, you know, the beginning and the end 
are kind of the quietest moments on the record, but like, right. It's kind of like a, a bell shape where like closer to the middle, that's where you get some of the more like passionate or louder songs on here. It's kind of an interesting approach, uh, to the record. Right. Um, but this is a, uh, this was a grower album for me. This has, I guess, been a grower band for me. So maybe by the next time we cover big thief, I'll like absolutely love that record. Um, but this one I find is very charming and intimate, very relaxing. I like throwing it on, especially in the fall. This was a good time to release this record, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, I don't have anything else to say with this one, so I'll just go ahead and throw my 7 out of 10 out there. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, uh, I like this one uh, a, a good amount. I think I like UFOF a little bit better, but you know, there's not a ton of complaints. I think it's just personally, it didn't like hit me afterwards as much as I wanted to. And I think that that's the thing with big thieves. That's been kind of frustrating for me, <laughs> honestly, is like, I kind of want them to be more impactful to me than they actually are. Just probably because of the amount of hype that's behind them. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I, this is still a really, solid album and i could see if somebody was like this is my album of the year i'd be like yeah okay i you know mm -hmm. i'm not mad about that uh but for me it's like there's some there's a few like really good tracks on here and then other than that everything else is good mm -hmm. but it's not like anything that leaves me like you know super excited i'm seven out of ten on this as well oh okay very nice um yeah, I, I want to, because, you know, some publications, some fans of indie music, they're throwing out Big Thief as, you know, maybe the best band right now, one of the best bands, the band with the best 2019, all it, and, and I want to be there for that, I, I do, but there's there's still just something, something that I'm, I'm still not grasping yet, so I want to be a part of that fun, but I, I'm not quite there yet, so. I'm in agreement with you. All right. So that's a 7 out of 10 for Two Hands by Big Thief. Uh, Where do you want to go next? Uh, let's go over... Let's take a little departure. Mm, okay. Let's go to one of our favorites of the podcast, yes. Danny Brown. Very good call there. <laughs> this is quite the departure, isn't it? Um, so Yeah, right. <laughs> Danny Brown, uh, you know what I'm saying. Uh, Danny Brown is a hip-hop artist from Detroit who has a reputation as kind of one of the genre's odd characters. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying is his fifth studio album. Uh, his, I don't know if you've looked at the Metacritic for Danny Brown or any of these artists for that matter. Danny Brown's critical reception, according to Metacritic, has been remarkably consistent. Um, Triple X mm. has a Metacritic of 83. Old has a Metacritic of 83. Uh, Atrocity Exhibition has a Metacritic of 85. And You Know What I'm Saying has a Metacritic of 83. So he's just right. Wow. He's right in that pocket there. <laughs> um, yeah, right. I find that a, a little odd that, like triple x old and you know what i'm saying all have the same metacritic when i think most people would clearly suggest that triple x is the best record of those we can get into that but um thought that was a little interesting 
Uh, you mentioned, yeah. yeah, right. Like, I don't know, triple X or atrocity exhibition is generally considered like his best work, depending on who you ask. But, um, right. You did mention this is one of our favorite artists uh, as a podcast. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up because if you average our lists of the best albums of 2016, um, our number one album would have been atrocity exhibition by Danny Brown. If you combined our lists, mm. Um, so we love that album. We admire the experimentation on that album. Uh, this time he's, uh, not as experimental, uh, this time around. What, what did you think about that? Uh, I, 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 at first I was disappointed, Mm -hmm. um, by that, but you know, it's not, it's not so like poppy or so accessible that it's out of the realm of experimentation like there's still some pretty out there um ideas in production on here Mm -hmm. but um yeah it wasn't it wasn't as uh nearly as impactful like as as something like atrocity exhibition was where it was like fuck i've never heard anything like (laughs) this before right you know that was that was that was uh kind of what I was going into with this. I was like, all right, here we go. Something just super, super distinct in the world of hip hop. And, you know, I think that that may speak to, you know, the level of influence that Danny Brown probably has in the world of hip hop, because we have people like JPEG mafia. Now we have, Mm -hmm. you know, people like, I mean, you know, run the jewels as LP who's a legend, but Mm -hmm. they've been more accepted and with taking on a, a more experimental type of uh uh production and i think danny brown has had a little bit of a hand in that um so you know i think that that might speak to that but yeah it's still i it's still really solid i mean it's still a consider even if i don't like it as much as atrocity exhibition it's still really really solid like yeah absolutely um and it's kind of you know, I don't want to judge it too much on how experimental it is or isn't because it really doesn't get more experimental than Atrocity Exhibition. Like you can't really, no. you can't really get more experimental than that. Um, I mean, maybe you can, but I I have yet to hear it. Um, I think you made a good point about his influence and one of my favorite hip hop artists over the past few years, also from Detroit, uh, Quella Chris, um, is clearly mm. inspired by some of his work. And was actually right. had some production credits on Triple X, so he's kind of worked with Danny Brown in the past. Um, I think that I too was a little disappointed, just in terms of this is pretty safe and simple by Danny Brown standards, not by the standards of hip hop in general. Um, but to that, I think most of these songs sound pretty good. Um, I really like the decisions made by the producers on here, uh, which is mm-hmm. just a great list of producers. Um, the executive producer is Q-Tip from Tribe, uh, and I think the beats he had on here were very good. Uh, Paul White, mm-hmm. JPEG Mafia, Flying Lotus, Thundercat, they all help with the production here. Uh, it's just a great, great cast of characters there. Um, lyrically, you, you get further away from some of the dark demented you know drug-laced stuff of his past and more toward kind of a more of a light-hearted 
you know, you get to see some of his humor again and yeah. some of his lyricism, which I really liked. Um, he He's, you know, just kind of watching interviews with him and seeing pictures of him. Uh, he really seems like he's kind of turned his life around recently. Uh, he looks great, fixed his hair, fixed his teeth, uh, seems to be staying away from yeah. a lot of the vices. And this album kind of sounds like it comes from a healthier state of mind than Atrocity Exhibition did. Um, so I do, I do like yeah. it in that aspect. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Um, I I agree with you. It's it's been nice to see. Like, he definitely seems like he's in a more calm and like generally just happy place mm-hmm. in his life. Um, but uh, and it's good to hear that on this album too. Like, honestly, like yeah. I think you know I was disappointed because like I'm expecting this just dark, twisted. Uh, you know, uh, uh, aesthetic that Danny Brown had brought, like on the exhibition and Triple X, and you know, like I'm I'm expecting that, um, and uh, and it's not really that at all. And that was a disappointing at first, but listening to it now, it's like it is it's a charming and you know very hopeful and wholesome kind of idea. Um, and he's lost his edge, but it hasn't really sacrificed his skill at all either. I think that I think that that's the uh, that's the, something to take away is like even if his edge or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. his you know weird <laughs> I don't I don't know I, I don't know what it is even if he's lost that completely right mm-hmm. it's still like super super skillful. And he's still very creative, so you know. I don't know. It, it this one, this one again was kind of a, this was a, a, a few listens before I was like, okay, okay, I think I, I think I've gotten over the initial disappointment of not getting the angry, twisted Danny Brown that I wanted, selfishly wanted. Mm-hmm. No, that's a that's a really good point. Um, because hip hop is kind of a young man's game in a lot of ways, where the popular artists are usually, you know, in their early 20s or so. And then as you get older, you kind of age out of the genre a little bit. Danny Brown got popular at age 30. Now he's almost 40. He clearly sounds like a veteran or like an elder statesman at this point. But he still has all of his skill. He, mm-hmm. It's not like he's one of these rappers that's too old to do it. And it, it kind of comes off as cringeworthy because they're making music that should have been made 20 years ago. You know, he's not one of these yeah. washed up artists at all. He's, he's still very creative. He still has a lot of great lyrics. Um, couple funny lyrics that I kind of wanted to read yeah. that uh, I'll read them by the end of this discussion. Um, but he's still taking a lot of risks in some ways. Uh, it's just not as experimental as really, either of his past three projects have been, uh, which is, which is fine. It's just probably not going to connect with me as much because of that. Um, the lead, yeah. it, I think the, the lead single, I think might be a good example of kind of what I'm talking about. Dirty laundry. Um, yeah. Great beat courtesy of Q-tip. You want to talk about an elder statesman who still got it. Q-tip has been the fucking man yeah. for like 30 years yeah. now. He's never been bad ever. He's maybe yeah. the most underrated hip hop artist ever. It's incredible. I it, this project really made me reappreciate how good Q Tip is. Um, yeah, 
that and then you know the tribe album that they released in 2016 which is fucking still, fantastic still yeah still great still great i am really impressed with and uh you know his solo work has been very good too uh so shout out to q-tip uh dirty laundry not the most experimental beat but still weird and still uh, the kind of beat that like most rappers wouldn't want to rap over but it's very catchy and the lyricism is it's kind of a it's kind of a funny topic slash story about you know meeting a woman <laughs> and all of their kind of wacky adventures but it's all connected to metaphors of laundry and soap and cleaning uh, it, it's a very interesting yeah. approach to this song um but it it showcases some of Danny Brown's creative side his lighter side and his you know kind of more accessible approach at this stage of his career um and a lot of songs are like that um so that's the shame is that that's my favorite song on the entire record and that's the only song i heard before the record so i don't know i'm always kind of like weary of you know i'm always a little disappointed when like the lead single is my favorite song on the whole thing um yeah but i don't know i would i i agree with you on that um it's definitely like if it's not the best it's definitely like it's top you know Mm -hmm. two or three songs on the album for sure and i do agree with you because it's like uh you you want like because the teaser track is like you hear it and everything you're like okay super excited for this album now and you want something else to top it but then when nothing does even if the album's good it's like Ah, like I was going in this with so much like, yeah. Right. And and there's some other songs on here that I really like. Uh, theme song has like this eerie quality to it. And I, I love these uh, ASAP Ferg vocals in the background. I forgot how much yeah, I liked right. this stuff. Uh, Three Tears I thought was pretty good with Run the Jewels. Um, Negro Spiritual with JPEG I thought was really good. And Thundercat is just amazing on that song. Uh, with his bass fantastic yeah right um but there are some songs that like were a little too plain for my liking uh especially kind of in the middle portion of the record it kind of lost me a little bit as maybe being too safe um even by like regular standards or what i come to expect from like the weirder side of hip-hop um so there is a little there are a couple moments where i'm a little lost there um but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, a, it's an incredibly uh, solid record. Solid, I think, is the word I would use to describe. Yeah, I, uh, I think that's that's a good, that's a good way to put it. Uh, yeah, like, Best Life, I, I think, was kind of safe. Like, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, it's fine. Like, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, it, the lyrics seem to point to, you know, Danny really accepting, like, a different approach on his life that seems to make him happier. It's hard to like say like oh I don't like that but right right like, right and it's like you know it's pretty safe it's a little bit you know it's not corny but it's a little bit like you know forgettable I think when it comes to uh, some of the rest of the stuff on here you know the title track is like pretty good but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know it's 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 kind of it's kind of like average too in a way you know like it's very predictable. Yeah, right. That's the thing. That's the good. That's a good word. Predictable is maybe the operative word because that's the antithesis of atrocity exhibition. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah. 
No, that's that's a really good point. Um, but I would rather, you know, it, our job is to talk about albums and maybe his past. I would rather Danny Brown be in a healthy mindset and release an album that I I like but don't love versus like him tearing his life down but creating like incredible art. If those are the two choices, I would much rather Danny Brown yeah. be happier. You know, I'm not I'm not arguing that. Um, and I don't even know if this album is better because he or is safer because he's happier. Maybe he would have made this album anyway. I don't know. Um, yeah, but, but it does kind of seem like it's an album from more of a mature, safer mindset. And while maybe that's not the most exciting thing, that is far better than the alternative um, where Danny Brown keeps kind of going down this downward spiral as he put it um and, nice. and plus like the happier danny brown is the the lyrics you know will get lyrics like uh ignore a whore like an email from linkedin <laughs> yeah yeah i was gonna say I, I was gonna point that out i'm like even though we keep saying like oh this is like day around a happier space like this is no like lyricism like the big day or something <laughs> right, like right 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 yes yes sorry yeah. that's a good clarification this is still raunchy like very just much so. like oh tried to kill the dick strangled him and choked him like <laughs> <laughs> i mean on dirty laundry he says something to the extent of like uh you know, he couldn't afford a hotel room, so they did the Humpty Hump in the Burger King bathroom or whatever. Yeah. It's like the first minute <laughs> yeah, of the right. song. Yeah, it's like, it's still Danny Brown. Yeah. It's just the lighter side of him. Um, and there's some, like, clever lyrics that aren't necessarily funny, but they're still clever. Like, um, uh, birds on me like a scarecrow, I thought was a good line. And he, he has other stuff throughout the record. But, you know, every once in a while he'll say something like... Um, on my dick because I look like Roy Orbison and of course he clearly yeah. doesn't but it's so funny yeah um, yeah right yeah. <laughs> it's great it's great um trying to hear the beat like a stethoscope yeah right right exactly yeah <laughs> sack like Santa Claus <laughs> like that's a thing though because like they're objectively like weird and like probably not that great of lines but it's Danny brown's delivery yes. it's like it, they're fucking hilarious like he's really good at at doing that like he can say he's really good at just like he's like almost like a stand-up comedian with his with his oh, uh gosh. delivery because he can just say shit and you're like <laughs> If anybody else said that, it would be like, what the fuck? But Danny Brown, he's really good. He's so good. I'm glad you brought up the delivery because that his delivery is still strange at times. Um, you know, his flows are kind of wacky here and there. Um, a little bit, yeah. sometimes a little bit offbeat, a little bit inconsistent speed. Like you'll think he's kind of losing his own flow, but then he gets it back. It's very odd, but yeah, he's just a naturally funny guy. Like in interviews, he'll say anything and it's, I'm, I'm cracking up and he's not even trying. So, um, yeah, we love Danny Brown here. Um, it's like just shy of love territory for me. So I'm giving it a seven, but it's like a 7.8, 7.9 kind of thing. Nice. Yeah, we are uh, once again in agreement on scores. So I'm I'm at a seven point two. I did want to point out because um, we were taught you were talking about excuse me favorite tracks on here and yes I really like um, I really like the Run the Jewels track a lot. Mm-hmm. 
I like uh, I like uh, Negro Sp- Spiritual with JPEG Mafia. I really like Shine with Blood Orange. Yes. Uh, I thought that was a really good feature. I thought that was just a really cool track. Unexpected um, collaboration like, too. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, love Blood Orange. I mean, Great. like anything, anything that you get Dev Hines on, I'm like, I, in, in, instantly like. Okay, I want to hear what this sounds like because he's so creative. And to get mm-hmm. these two together, these two creative minds together, was right. uh, it was a great idea. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but I wanted to point out another track that I like. I don't think has been getting as much love as it should, and that's "Belly of the Beast." Oh, um, nice. Yeah, I thought it was really, really cool because um, it's just this like just this very very like about as minimal as you could get of a beat yes um and it and it's it's literally like what like a like a like a breath like this like like really haunting kind of like inhale almost mm-hmm. uh like ghostly ghostly like inhale that's basically like the entirety of the beat and danny danny brown's flow on it is like fantastic the lines like a couple of <laughs> A couple of the lines, like "You're illiterate, you bisquick soft." Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the this song has the the Roy Orbison line too. Yes. Like he he saved all of them for this song, and I thought it was you know this is a very entertaining song because it has like all these like really, really funny lines, but also just this like very like chilling uh aesthetic to it and i i don't know i I think it's one of the more impressive tracks on the album actually that's a really good point and uh i'm actually gonna it it did i thought it was good it didn't like stand out to me but i'm gonna re-listen to that with like what you said in mind because that is like a nice juxtaposition between like the beat and what danny brown's actually saying um yeah and and that track along with the title track i really am interested in this uh obong jayar uh, featured yeah. vocalist it, very interesting kind of vocal delivery from him um I, I wasn't familiar with him at all whereas all the other features on here are artists that i already love which was nice um but this uh, yeah obang jayar i thought had a couple of pretty solid performances on this record yeah no i agree yeah yeah so uh so yeah that's uh that's danny brown uh you know what i'm saying another seven uh, from us here we got two albums left uh i'm not sure i'm not sure where you're feeling after that either way is going to be quite the departure from danny brown yeah, uh, yeah. as as it say. usually is <laughs> so uh all right uh, let, me, let me let me let me think let's do let's talk about it let's do it let's talk about it let's talk the one that i think that you knew i was gonna want to talk about let's I, just let's go for it of course because i mean this this is the type of music that is in the way i see it right up your alley um so yeah nick cave and the bad seeds with ghost teen um mm-hmm. You know, a lot of artists that we haven't seen since 2016 on this podcast. Danny Brown, Nick Cave. We're going to be talking about Angel Olsen a little bit later. Um, right. It's kind of kind of weird how that worked out. And we haven't seen Big yeah, Thief but... since earlier this year. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right, yeah. 
Um, yeah, three three artists we haven't seen for a few years, and then Big Thief two times in one year. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds are. I guess you could call them like an art rock band. I think a rock band is kind of underselling what they do. Um, yeah. They're from Melbourne, Australia, which I did not know. Kind of found that interesting. Ghost Teen mm-hmm. is the band's 17th studio album. Nick Cave has been doing music for like four decades now. This is yeah. their first album since Skeleton Tree, which was your number one album of 2016. Not sure if it's still your number one album of that year but it was at the time Um, oh yeah it is still is love it love it Uh, by far yeah wow good good work good work oh yeah you mentioned it it's since become like a 10 out of 10 for you i think so Mm -hmm. um that's that's awesome uh this is the apparently the final album in a trilogy uh that includes (laughs) skeleton tree and 2013's push the sky away um have you seen the metacritic score with this for for this for, it's like it's like a hundred right yeah it's it's 97 right now after 24 critics it's at 97 that's, that's insane that's like who even that's, does that like that, yeah that's nuts it's absurd usually when you see one that high it's only because like four people have turned in their 24 critics and we have nine it's usually like a beatles usually like a beatles <laughs> reissue or something like that right even like beautiful fantasy or to pimp a butterfly like that's not even 97 out of 100 i think so very well done um skeleton tree i think has a 95 he's just there i guess they are just killing it um obviously i'm excited to hear your thoughts on this one i have some of my thoughts of my own obviously uh but i'm gonna defer to you mostly because this is your guy and uh so i want to hear i'm excited to hear what you have to say about this one yeah, um, I mean, a pretty decent departure from, like, the just super bleak, mm. um, very, very devastating um, aesthetic of Skeleton Tree. Mm-hmm. It's still, this album is still pretty devastating. But it's more in a way of, like, Nick Cave is, like, just waxing poetic, like, the entire time. And painting like this, you know, like the the album cover with all this lush like greenery and like this like like these horses and like just like a utopia looking environment mm-hmm. is a perfect juxtaposition for this because it's it feels like um, it feels like Nick Cave uh, creating this environment of like beauty and wonder and everything, but you look a little deeper and it's like there's still so much like fucked up nature behind the lyricism and the uh, and the uh the instrumentation in a way too it's not nearly as like in your face as like horrifyingly devastating as skeleton tree is but there's still a lot of uh a lot of like deep uh texture to this that's you know it, it's this is a pretty fascinating record still i am i'm not disappointed by any means glad, um, yeah i'm glad you love it i'm glad to hear that uh that's that's great. yeah it, i i think it's great yeah uh i think you made a good point with the juxtaposition i think especially sonically like skeleton tree used a lot of dark kind of electronic at times music uh to convey yeah. 
here we get more piano, more strings. Um, it's kind of more, a little more heavenly in some aspects. This is mm-hmm. the first album. Skeleton Tree was partially written and recorded before the tragic death of his 15-year-old son. Um, this is the first album yeah. he's released like that was written and recorded entirely after that. Um, so there is still a lot of, you know, depression and just bleak imagery. And as you mentioned, poetry, I imagine this was a very cathartic experience for him recording this album. Um, it, it is incredibly sad, but for as Mm -hmm. dark and as troubling as this album sounds, it's also very beautiful and peaceful. Um, I really liked Skeleton Tree. I really like this album as well. I think that you probably like both of those records. Well, you definitely like Skeleton Tree more than I do. And I think you probably prefer this record more than I do as well. And that's nothing with really the artistry of it. I, I'm still at a point where I'm trying to click with the type of music they're making Um, because it's not really accessible it's very uh it is a grower it's they're very long songs um but that's really the only negative i can really say about this record is it's not the kind of album i'll listen to a lot it's very much like if i'm in a particular mood i'll listen to it but as far as musically speaking uh, it's incredible. Um, great ambient elements on songs like Night Raid. Uh, great backing vocals throughout the record, especially on something like Ghost Teen Speaks. Um, beautiful, powerful choruses on songs like Waiting for You, where he's just like, his heart's yeah. breaking as he's singing it. It's very, very intense. Um, and my favorite track on here the title track just a beautiful Mm -hmm. 12 minute long song the vocals begin four minutes into it after a really reflective passage uh the bridge is my favorite moment of the entire record and one of my favorite musical Mm. moments of the entire year um whereas you know ghost teen dances in my head yeah that part is just beautiful all the strings come in yeah the backing vocals the pianos it's just a beautiful like minute and a half but it's very chill inducing in that short time uh and then it ends with like this really peaceful uh again reflective outro um i don't have a ton to say besides that because there is kind of a lot to unpack here um but it's it's the kind of album where it is different than skeleton tree but i think if you liked Skeleton Tree, you'll also like this album. Um, it's it's very appealing in the same ways. Um, so I don't know. I, I guess I kind of rambled on a little bit, but yeah. No, those are, yeah, those are like excellent points there. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think that if you like Skeleton Tree, you know, I mean, I love Skeleton Tree and right. I like this record a lot too. Um, yeah, I... Uh, yeah, the um, one one of the the uh, most impactful things about this album too is like the way like Nick Cave comes in with um, 
the singing a lot of times and he throws in this falsetto that's so like haunting mm-hmm. and pain and you know he's an older man now so it's just like it's it's like this uh it's very weird to kind of hear um like an older man like sing in this uh in this very high falsetto sometimes it's just like because it's you know it's it's just a, it's a strange you know i don't know you i guess you associate that with youth like a higher voice mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um so it's weird to hear that it's like it, it creates like this really really chilling um uh these really chilling moments on the album but he does it really well it's like um you know, it, it creates this like really beautiful and 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 kind of freaky like moments on the album, especially like you know on the last track, Hollywood. Yeah, when he's you know uh, just like talking about this uh, this story from it, it's an in um, an uh, India Buddhism story about you know going to house to house and trying to find this woman is trying to find a house that nobody's died in she can't find it her baby ends up dying and then you know she learns her lesson of like well you can't escape death jesus it's like yeah yeah that's the way the album ends and it's like uh you know all this build up throughout the rest of the album of like there's so much beauty and life throughout here but also so you know like this last track i think like is a great way to end it because it it it's uh like basically just this important realization of like as much beauty in life and things like that there is there's so much heaviness and inescapable like dread especially with the idea of or with the fact that you're going to die someday it's fucked up yeah like it's and he delivers it so well i i know Nick Cave is like probably the best lyricist we've had since like David Bowie. Yeah, and I, I think that I can't this, argue that. <laughs> That's a great, you know, a great take. Yeah, I think that this album really like shows it too. I mean, it's like I, you know, uh, the it the lyrics on uh, Skeleton Tree are fucking amazing, but like this one is, uh, and these are really amazing too. But the distinct difference that like I've found really cool is that like not only are they great on either track, but he matches the instrumentals by like mm-hmm. you know okay so Skeleton Tree the instrumentals are very bleak and minimal and dark and oppressive, and so are his lyrics just very very uh, bleak and he's really good at like creating imagery and stuff like that too but it's all like just bleak oppressive. Mm-hmm. terrible imagery this one he's like so good about just waxing on these like really attractive and um ethereal uh, and just maximalist ideas and stuff and you see it in this lyrics but then it's like he has such a level of humanity to his lyricism that it it, it it's it creates like you know it it really ties things into like the you know i guess you could say the human condition which is a cliche mm-hmm. thing to compare you know <laughs> things related to life and death to but you know it's it's it is what it is yeah. i don't know I, I i like i love this album it's great i i don't think i love it as much as uh as skeleton tree but it's like you know comparing them is like 
it's hard to do because this is so different. <laughs> right, right. And um, no, you a lot of good points. Um, I I think haunting, as you mentioned, was like a very good word for his vocals, um, especially when you yeah. when they're juxtaposed with like most of the vocals here, which are just essentially spoken word. Um, but he's kind of doing the spoken word type of vocal and then contrasting that with like this really at times unsettling falsetto, but it, it, it works. Um, I really like how this album's structured. This is technically a double album, I think where the, at least according to Spotify, uh, where the first disc is eight, yeah. eight tracks and they're mostly like, you know, five, six minutes long. Um, but then the second disc is three tracks and a couple of which are like 12 minutes plus. Um, and it, it's kind right. of an interesting way to structure the record, but it's uh, it works for me. Um, you mentioned kind of the final moments of this record. I think one of the final lyrics is like a great summary of, you know, mm-hmm. his thought process throughout this record. He says, it's a long way to find peace of mind. Um, yeah. And, you know, this is the second consecutive album now where, at least in part, it's about his son. Um, and so, you know, kind of recovering from that, you know, can take a pretty long time. And, uh, you know, you just got to hope, you, you you know, you hope things get better. Um, but, I mean, wow, this is this is a, yeah. a, a great record. Um, I'm going like a pretty solid eight. Um but you know, it's. I mean, there's no debate at anything. Like, I love this record. This is this is a great, yeah, great project. Yeah. So, is it really just like the uh, the fact of like it's um, just so hard to swallow? I guess. Yeah. That, it, like. Right. Yeah. It, it is some of that. I think there is a little bit of um, uh, some of these tracks aren't distinctive enough from each other for me as well um okay i I do enjoy it like as an experience front to back but it is kind of difficult for me to remember which moments are in which song um it it all kind of they blend into each other nicely but it's uh the individuality of each song isn't always there for me um just kind of there's enough minor stuff to keep it from like a nine out of ten for me but uh I feel similarly to, gotcha. I, you know, it, I feel pretty similarly uh, to how I feel about a skeleton tree as far as like the, uh, you know, my listening habits of these two records are. Um, it's a great record, gotcha. but uh, it, it doesn't quite fully click with me in some ways. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I just wanted to see what the because I, I, I haven't said any real negatives about no. this, so I wanted to like hear your negatives so I could be like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's That's entirely weird. like yeah. it, I don't want to say entirely, but it's mostly like subjective, uh, just on my end, um, my hesitations yeah. with okay. it. So, so yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I love this record. It's I, I think it's great. Um, I honestly kind of like I didn't want to like not love it, but I wanted to like I wanted to come in with more criticisms because I didn't want it to be so predictable. <laughs> like, oh, okay, here's a Nick Cave record. Oh yeah, Pat likes it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, no, 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 this one I'm really gonna. But I mean, <laughs> he's 
he's uh or they um i don't need to give all the credit just to nick cave uh but yeah i mean it's just so consistent like they're just so great at what they do and they've been doing this for so goddamn long it's you know it's crazy but um yeah it I don't really have too many negatives to talk about here. I like what you said about the uh, individuality getting lost a little bit in this. Mm. Um, I, I actually, I actually like that, and I can, I can see what you're talking about a little bit. Um, I still think, you know, track to track, it's it's great. I don't ever really get to a point where um, where I'm like, okay, I'm done with this album. Mm-hmm. I'm enthralled the entire way through. It's one of the most fulfilling uh, albums that I've listened to this year. It's just full of like heartbreak and hope, and it's just a very richly um, emotional album. Um, and you know, it conceptually very concise and. It's great. I you know I, I I don't really have much else to say. It's a very solid nine out of ten for me. Very nice. One of the best records I've heard this year. Very nice. Very nice. Um, yeah, I think uh, you know while while it is distinct from Skeleton Tree, I think all of you know most of the appeal still carries over. Um, so I totally expected you to to love this record. Um, if you can believe it, this is the record I predicted you would like more than the other three. I don't, pretty outlandish prediction yeah. there, but See, uh... that, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's that's why I wanted to come into this being like, no, I actually had some criticisms <laughs> about the game. I mean, we, we all have, good. yeah, we all have our artists like that. Like, if you threw like Billy Woods in here or whatever, like, yeah, then that yeah. would be the joke on me. So. uh so yeah, uh, very nice. That's a, an average eight and a half, um, which again, Metacritic of ninety seven. It's it's really yeah. I mean that's crazy. Yeah, at oh. the very least, try it out. It's it's not the most accessible record, obviously for you know for musical reasons and obviously for the content that you hear a lot. But um, but it is it's a powerful project and it's it's one definitely at least worth checking out. Um, yeah. So our last record here, uh, Angel Olsen with All Mirrors, uh, another 2016 favorite, at least of mine. Mm-hmm. I uh, I loved My Woman. Uh, it was one of my, I want to say it was in my top 15 that year. Um, yeah, I think you're right. But it was a stacked year too, like it, 2016 was great. So um, no, My Woman, great record. Uh, Angel Olsen is a singer-songwriter from... The hometown. That's right, St. Louis, Missouri. Well, well, not really. Yeah, not my hometown, but but where I reside, where where you live. Yeah, (laughs) right. The hometown of this podcast, where it's recorded live. Um, (laughs) Right. Yeah. Her her music generally fuses uh, like indie rock, folk, and art pop. Um, All Mirrors is her fourth studio album, currently sitting at a Metacritic of eighty nine out of a hundred. Uh, which is still very impressive if coming off a Nick Cave 97 Metacritic. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Like, <laughs> still very it's impressive. Hard to, it's hard to come back down from that 97. 
Yeah, 80, 89 yeah, like, is still points. very wow. right. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's significantly worse. Um, but it's still eighty nine out of a hundred is incredible. Uh, this is her first record since My Woman, uh, which I loved. Um, I saw her live in St. Louis a couple years ago, uh, which was great. Um, Patrick, what are your what are your thoughts? We haven't really talked about Angel Olsen extensively on this podcast. I think we uh, that was before we started doing like these quarterly podcasts. So I don't even think we talked about it yeah. at that time. So. Yeah, and I hadn't actually listened to uh, My Woman. Mm. Like, I remember whenever we did our um, end of year, I, I still hadn't even listened to that that year. So it didn't make my list, I think, because of that. Well, obviously because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I put albums on but, my uh, top 50 that I haven't listened to, but, like, I'm expected to <laughs> yeah. like them. Oh, I heard, I heard <laughs> that this was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I, you know, since then have gone back. Well, I, I think I went back like after, like in 2017, went back and listened to it. Mm. Um, yeah, that that album is great. Definitely would have made it in a spot if I had uh, listened to it at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was pretty excited to hear this, and the yeah, I really like this album a mm-hmm. lot. I, you know, I think that it's. Um, there's similar criticisms that I have with I, you know, what I have with my woman of like, um, I really like the ambition, mm-hmm. and the creativity behind Angel Olsen's style, and especially on this one, it's like so cinematic and uh, and uh, there there is some like uh, like very emotional core. There's a very emotional core to it, um, but there's a uh, I think that like. For the short 11 tracks that it has, mm-hmm. there's still a little bit of like um, sameness mm-hmm. that causes like, mm-hmm. especially like, you know, towards the the back end of it. There's still there's a little bit of like, uh, like you know, I get a little weary of of certain things, mm-hmm. certain choices um, towards the end. But like, I mean, overall, like damn like it's this is a pretty solid album for sure like yeah yeah no it's uh, i love this record um it's probably nice. my favorite of the four here um oh. definitely a departure from her folkier sound uh this one is more well they they did here's what angel olsen did on this record she she tapped into the secret formula to make me like your record and that's uh, just put a lot mm. of strings in it. Just do that. Yeah. <laughs> just get a get a twelve part string section like she did, and just throw it all over the record. And I'm probably gonna love it. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, kind of, you know, I'm half joking there. But it, it does it, the instrumentation does kind of give this record like a very cinematic, epic, grand feel to it. And and I naturally kind of gravitate toward records like that. Um, I'm more of a maximal guy. Um, as far as music goes, uh, mm-hmm. and I do have similar criticisms. Um, there are some moments on here that are either a little redundant or if they do do a little something different, I'm not a particular fan of it. Like the song summer, maybe, um, it is a little different, but it, it just, it, it doesn't work for me. Um, and you know, songs like too easy are, they're fine 
but they I didn't view them yeah. as like ultimately necessary. Um, but there are a ton of great tracks on here. Uh, the title track I love for the same reasons that I loved the recent Amen Dunes album from last year. Uh, it kind of mm. starts with this like really simple, like incredibly simple bass line, but it, it kind of establishes this nice groove for the entire song. And the beginning is minimal, but it expands and grows at the, as the song progresses. And then it just becomes like a total jam by the end of the song. And I'm kind of wondering like how that even happened because it was such a gradual climb yeah. to that point. Um, it's just a very well-written song. Um, the ballads are what I loved about My Woman. Uh, the way that album was structured, it was like the first half is all of these kind of grunge-inspired rock songs and then the back half was like these just really heartfelt ballads like sister or heart-shaped face um that that that's what really sold the album for me and the ballads on here i think are just as good the closer uh chance yeah i fucking love that song that's like a chill inducing yeah. song an absolute we talk a lot about when albums don't close well but this this is like the perfect way to end this type of record for me uh just yep. beautiful vocals um ironically kind of one of the more stripped back songs as much as i've been praising the maximalism of this record but it uh it just works um her vocals are very it's weird she's kind of doing this uh singing out of her range a little bit or maybe doing a little bit of soft voice and then halfway through she goes full mm -hmm. voice like in a snap and it just kind of and it's very chilling at that point um and there's several ballads like that that kind of it, you know kind of you know get the get the tear works flooding a little bit you know uh especially yeah. on songs like tonight or end game where she does this very quiet vocal approach uh, yeah, not quite a whisper, but like a very subdued vocal quality, which is a far cry from something like "Shut Up, Kiss Me" on her last record, um, where it was so loud it was almost like, you know, jarring. Um, but I think it's a this quiet approach is something she should consider more often because I think those are two just great, beautiful songs. Um, I guess we haven't really talked much about you know. Uh, what she sounds like I, I guess you know fans of stevie nicks or sharon van etten uh kate bush i think yeah. they would like uh angel olsen's music I, I can't really think of any other comparatives off the top of my head um yeah but that's the it's kind of very, music she's um, making yeah yeah it's very anthemic but with and and like um very uh passionate impassioned kind of vocals like you know, similar like arcade fire kind of like, you know, but without the, you know, 12, well, except for this album, right. 12 piece band behind. Right. You know? It has the string section. It doesn't have the horns or anything like arcade fire. Yeah. Does, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's this is just a couple of, <laughs> that's right. That's the other half of the formula strings and horns. She's like halfway there. You know, she just needs, <laughs> she needs horns. And then, then it's like album of the year. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> The, you know, that's I, all it takes. That's, that's right. That's really it. I mean, <laughs> seriously, like we joke, but man, that usually works for me. Um, so, 
but there are some, you know, less dramatic moments on here. Like uh, what it is, is a very, it's like a playful kind of bouncy song that I think fits well. Um, New Love Cassette is similarly less dramatic, but almost to a fault. Um, I think it's maybe a little too minimal. Yeah. I, I kind of wish we got more out of that song because I do like the groove in general, but it's just it maybe slightly underwritten. Um, and one could make an argument that yeah. some of these songs are overwritten, but I, I tend to enjoy that more so than like underwritten moments. But yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I think that New Love Cassette is one of the one example of something that just you know, it, it bleeds into things a little bit and like gets lost in the mix. And mm -hmm. there's a couple examples of that, like otherwise on the album, but I like what you're saying. Like it is one of the more minimal ideas on the track, mm -hmm. but the thing is like, you know, this is a pretty maximal effort. Right. But, um, the thing is like, she really showcases like her ability to do minimalism on a track, like in game. Yeah. And uh and so it's interesting cuz it's like, you know, we we hear something like New Love Cassette, which is like it's fine, it's not bad, but then you get something like Endgame, which is for the most part very minimal mm -hmm. and very sparse. And I love that track. I think it, you know, I think it's maybe like my favorite track on the album, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um So I was kind of like like okay well you you did it like right like, yeah no that's a, like that's... I, you know so it was like a like the first one with new cassette was like a teeing it up and then you come into endgame and it's like all right well you did it like I, yeah. interesting um yeah that's a really good point it's not like she but, uh, can't do minimalism it's just maybe you know that, yeah, there's that particular moment here yeah right yeah a couple of them um but yeah it's something like new love cassette and uh I guess, you know, there's a couple songs that aren't jumping to me right now. But, uh, yeah, I think she's more consistent with her maximalism. But, like, when she does minimalism well, it's just as good as any other great track she has. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, this is a I, – I, I really thought this was just a uh, straight-up and very solid mm -hmm. record. Um, I Yeah, I, I – uh, I feel kind of similarly to this as I did at the beginning of the year with like the Sharon Van Etten record mm. um, where it was like just a straight up, like just solid effort. I think the difference though with this one, it like edges out um, with like, with just like tracks, like mm -hmm. Endgame, like all mirrors, like, you know, um, the intro track, Lark. Lark, yeah. Like, Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know, it, it edges out because it has these, like, amazing moments of, uh, you know, like, really great, you know, impactful songs. Um, so it edges out that just, like, straight up, like, oh, just a solid record score. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, this has been interesting because it's, like, you have like these like really like bombastic moments that like are super impactful. And then you have like a lot of moments that are good, not great kind of, mm -hmm. uh, on, on the album for me. Um, so it, it, it's been an interesting like listening because I think that the structure of the album 
the overall cohesion of it is like good. Like I like listening through it all the way. Mm -hmm. But I think that like, I think that like the greatness of some of the great tracks on here outweigh a lot of the other, uh, a lot of the other tracks on here just because like, you know, they're not as impressive as, you know, as these other ones are, but these tracks are like fantastic. So it's interesting. Yeah, no, it's a, I'm a little torn because I generally prefer maximalism and she does it well on this record, but then she has a track like tonight or Endgame, where I'm like, oh, well, do that more, because you're really good at that when when it's a good, you know, when it works out well. Yeah. Or something like... Which are my, fav- my favorite moments on the album, too. Like, the, right. the minimal, you know, which I think that's kind of how, you know, our our, our preferred <laughs> right. differences are maximalism to minimalism. Right. It, no, it, it, it totally... It, it, it's predictive in that, in that aspect, I think. Um, but, yeah. you know, she'll do something like... Uh, like the song spring i guess has like it's not too crazy but it it does have like some like psychedelia in it um there's yeah and i'm like that was really good why don't you do that more but at the same time i'm like i generally like most of what i'm hearing here so i'm not really sure what direction i want her to go in um but you know i'm impressed with the amount of things she can the, the amount of variety she can pull off on this record um I will say it's it's a little difficult to compare this to my woman because like just sonically they're completely different and structurally they're completely different. Yeah. Um, I would say that this record is more consistent than my woman, as interesting as that might be. Uh, but my woman, like those best tracks, might be even better than the best tracks on this record. I I don't know. Mm. I I enjoy them roughly the same. Um, it, I don't know. I think uh, I, I think I'm I have here in my notes that I think I prefer my woman, but now that I'm looking at it, I think I prefer all mirrors at this point. Um, it, they're they're pretty <laughs> like close. It's it's gonna yeah it's gonna be like a I I don't know I'm gonna have to decide one eventually. I mean it's like a pinata bandana kind of thing where I'm just like I yeah, yeah I don't know I <laughs> I love both of them. Um, yeah, they're different enough to where it's like. You know, you could uh, you could you could flip in between them easily. Right, right, exactly. And uh, you know, the last kind of thing I'll say here is that uh, I, I saw a Reddit thread asking, pe- and this was before I heard this record, but they were asking people whether they preferred All Mirrors or uh, Titanic Rising by Wise Blood, and I was like, oh, <laughs> is mm, this what okay. I'm about to get into? Am I about to get into ten out of the ten yeah. album of the year type stuff again? Um, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I prefer Titanic rising, but I think it's a, it's a fair argument in some ways. Um, these two records seem to be the consensus best pop records of the year, or especially like Baroque pop. Um, they're both right. absolutely like beautiful and grand. They're like the quote unquote artistic statement for each of those artists. Um, it's just two artists at their peak right now. Uh, so with my expectations of loving her past record, that's been a few years ago now, and hearing that it's like, oh, compare with Titanic Rising, Will, your favorite record of the mm-hmm. year, I had huge hype for this album, and uh, I still love it. And so it's usually not the case. Right. Usually like, I get hyped for an album, and it just 
goes all Mac DeMarco on me, you know? So I, <laughs> I, uh, it's not quite a nine because of what we talked about, but it's like one of the best eights of the year for me. So nice. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, this one for me has been uh it's been an interesting listen through to it because i while i love a lot of moments on here a lot of moments like i like not love so it's Mm -hmm. like and and but it's like the moments that i love i think are some of the best moments i've heard on an album this year um so it's hard because it's like they diminish in a way the listening experience of some of the weaker tracks on here, which mm. there's really not a track on here that's like bad. Right. Um, we mentioned new love cassette quite a bit, which I think is probably the weakest of the tracks on the album. Um, I would say real quick. It's not inter- like a, yeah. I would say summer's my least favorite, just a quick interjection. But okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But like either way, I wouldn't say like, either of those tracks are bad because mm-hmm. it's like you know like it so it's it's uh and and they're not even like they're still good like but it's just like there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, comparison on this album because of how great some of the moments are so it's been an interesting listening experience for me um but i did end up liking this quite a bit um and in a different way than i thought i would like especially with the the back end of and the closing of Endgame and Chance, mm-hmm. um, I just you know those are that that's fantastic. I mean, besides like the closing on the Nick Cave album, this yeah. might be like my favorite uh, closing of the year mm-hmm. with those two back to back. So yeah, very solid effort. Um, and as I do, mm. very, very solid efforts. Mm-hmm. I'm also at an eight out of ten. Very nice. It's like a lower eight than than your eight out of ten, I'm sure. But uh, mm-hmm. it's like the the solid eight point oh. Yeah, this is the kind of eight record that like could still squeeze into my top ten because I don't throw out nines and tens a lot. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with this. Uh, but yeah, yeah, eight eight out of ten for Angel Olsen, All Mirrors. Um, I hope she tours back in St. Louis. Would love to see her again. Um because i missed wise blood so i have to i have to get my blow yeah. pop fix in um so yeah, yeah. yeah right yeah i think that's just like my favorite genre at this point honestly like <laughs> i was gonna say because it's, it's, it's the most unnecessary like name for it it's, to, it's totally <laughs> it's like even i don't buy into it as a genre fully but like i look at the artists that are classified as broke pop and i'm like oh i love all of these <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that's me but it doesn't it's one of the most like pointless categorizations because like you if you ask somebody like oh i like broke pop it's not like they're gonna be like oh i know exactly what you mean by that. <laughs> could be the beatles could be grizzly bear could be anything right yeah uh, it could be the Lana Del Rey record from earlier this year. There's just a lot. Father John Misty. Right. Um, exactly. But yeah, that's me. Baroque pop and abstract hip hop. That's <laughs> that's that's the two. Those are the two genres that matter. Everything else is, <laughs> is ancillary. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> that's right. um, so yeah, that's that's our podcast. Um, I think the next one we're doing a we're a slight break from our grouped podcast structure because um 
under the scope podcast legend <laughs> uh, Kanye West <laughs> released an album. So uh, that's that's going to be our next one. Um, at, you know, anytime Kanye does anything, we're going to talk about it. But uh, you know, it's, it's funny coming. Enough, like funny enough, is the past like three podcasts or so is like the only time we haven't really mentioned Kanye and we're about to do a full podcast on him. Right. And even then I actually, I mentioned fantasy when we talked about the Nick cave Metacritic score. So I can't, oh, yeah. yeah. So okay. I, never mind. <laughs> I blew it. I blew it. We were this close to <laughs> not mentioning Kanye in a podcast, but uh, yeah. So that's our next podcast. Um, it just, it recently came out. So we needed a little bit of time with it. So, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me after a party, Patrick. Hope you're feeling okay. Um, yeah, no, great. Yeah, that's great. That's... <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> you said I'm great, and then like you trailed off with some laughter. Like You did not sell that at all. You're like, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah well, sell. go get some sleep. Uh, we're going to end this podcast here in five seconds. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.